What is happening, everyone? Welcome again to The Window, Canada Sports Betting Podcast. Ahead on today's episode of The Window, the Sunday we've been waiting for. Sheldon Alexander joins the show for our weekly breakdown of the betting in week 11 of the NFL, how we managed to successfully zig when the public zag, how Sunday Night Football is turning into a weekly trap, why the Texans and Broncos wins shouldn't have been all that surprising, the latest turmoil for the Ravens, why Joe Burrow getting hurt was unfortunately inevitable and in one case predictable, the Anthony Lynn atrocity report, and the Dallas Cowboys route from good to bad to ugly and back to good again? It's time to head to the window. Let's go! Welcome to the window. I'm your host, Matt Russell. Oh, baby, what a weekend. (laughs) And specifically Sunday. Joining me for our look back at yesterday's action, we've pulled him away from the NBA newswire here. He's been celebrating Chris Boucher's signing all weekend long, so... Um, but he's, I got to bring him down a little bit. He's the poor soul who has to listen to me today. He's the host of the On Blast Podcast Network, where you can find You Killed It, Ball on Blast, Wrap It Up, and of course, our weekly NFL preview. I'll name this football pod later. It's Sheldon Alexander. What's up, man? I'm good, man. I mean, obviously not as good as you, but I'm, I'm okay. I'm all right. I guess someone... One of us, we got to keep things even keel, so I got to bring you down a little bit here. But I'm, I'm okay. I'm all right. <laughs> yeah. Um, listen, you know, we don't do a ton of, you know, we try, we, you know, we have the celebrate and, com- and commiserate uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> angle, right? And so, but we don't do a ton of patting ourselves on the back on this show. But after a day like yesterday, um, I, 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 and I'm so amped up, like I'm pretty even keeled when it comes to this sort of thing at like watching games but I was so amped up yesterday I'm just like I am going to be insufferable on this podcast tomorrow I think now, you're allowed time... to be I think you're allowed <laughs> well, to time be. Is, time, time has gone by so I'm not ramped it down a little bit here uh, hopefully not uh, too much though <laughs> well you'll see we'll see we'll see we'll see how get, how fired up I get but um you know, let's start, you know, we always sort of say, okay, we'll start from the beginning, but then we end up going, you know, the Sunday night football game was just hours ago. Uh, yeah. So let's start with Kansas City and Vegas here. And, you know, as far as the game is concerned, um, not all that surprising. Las Vegas, the right side, they cover the whole way because uh, mm-hmm. they were able to move the ball with relative ease. But it, from a bigger picture standpoint, it's funny that these Sunday night football games, and we talked about it a little bit on your podcast last week, where these Sunday night football games this season, more than any other season, I'm doing that whole more than any other season before, as if like I've got the data to back that up. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it seems to be there's always one side in these Sunday night football games that everybody loves. And then yeah. it comes out and then the other side ends up winning. And I kind of went, I was like, I kind of look back and like, let's see what the actual numbers are with regards to Sunday night football this season. So, you know, less about the football game, more about the situation. But like the first game of the season, Dallas at the Rams, everybody loved Dallas, right? And it was a yeah. short road favorite. And guess what? The Rams won. Now, the next couple of weeks, like New England and Seattle, that could kind of go either way because I think, you know, most people liked Seattle in that game and they ended up covering. But it took yeah. a Cam Newton sort of stumble at the one-yard line. And then the following week, it was Green Bay at New Orleans. And everybody was like, how could Green Bay be getting, you know, getting points, getting points? And then they mm-hmm. actually end up winning and I think that almost set up the rest of the season because that sort of Green Bay plus the the three plus three and a half game was so like oh of course this one side is going to win because every every game since (laughs) has kind of been the other way right Philadelphia San Francisco everybody loves San Francisco Philly wins Minnesota Mm -hmm. Seattle everybody on Seattle Minnesota covers Rams at, at 49ers remember how much the, the Rams love was going at full steam oh San I Francisco remember. wins right Seattle Arizona Seattle again everybody loves Seattle Arizona not only covers but they win Dallas and Philadelphia a little bit of an asterisk right because it was Philadelphia this gigantic spread completely yes. insane and Dallas essentially covered that game Danucci. but the referees in the NFL intervened with that fumble return and then of course Baltimore New England last week with Baltimore in this exact same situation of the road favorite touchdown, you know, minus seven, minus eight in this case this week. And again, we get sort of suckered into it as a society. Now, I talked about on the podcast how minus six and a half was where we wanted to be, which is, you know, what the line was early last week. 
And then it yeah. goes to minus seven, it closes down and it comes back up at eight. And at that point, like that's not bettable, right? Like not no. only are you missing out on the key number, but um, you know, it's just too many points at that someone, point. Someone, so, it was funny, yesterday in the morning, someone messaged me and they were like, uh, what's your pick for the Chiefs game? And I was like, oh, I'm on the Chiefs. And I'm like, I had it at Chiefs minus seven. And they're like, oh, it's eight and a half on pro line. I'm like, what? I'm like, who's doing? I'm like, what is going on right now? I'm like, can you please listen to me? If I, if you listen to one thing I say, just stay away. <laughs> just <stop. laughs> yeah. Eight, yeah. Like, and they end up covering. They end up covering teases, which was nice because that's all that I had going into that game, right? I sent out my yep. glory, my glory tweet about all the wins yesterday. Uh, which I literally never do, but I was like, you know what, I'm doing it this time. People can mute their <laughs> mute their Twitter if they need to. Um, and yeah, so they end up covering because, again, the Chiefs are amazing, but that's what scares you with the Chiefs, right? It, they go down the field so quickly that it's it, it extrapolates to, and we talked about this, big favorites, being big favorites because of that's the certainty that we have in them winning on the money line. Like, we knew yeah. Kansas City is going to win that game. Like, And as soon as, sure. as soon as Gruden kicks the field goal on fourth and one yep. at the one in the first half. It was like, oh, that's that's it. Like, Kansas City's going to win so this game. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, it's just... It, the funny thing to me was... The funny thing to me was two-minute drills are supposed to be difficult. Two-minute drills <laughs> right. are supposed to be hard. They're supposed to be, like, some, some level of difficulty. That looked easy, right? Like, yeah. no sweat at all, all the way down the field. Mahomes is just throwing darts. Guys are just running wide open. And the one cool thing, and I think... I don't know if how many other broadcasts I'm like as locked into as a Sunday nighter because sure. obviously there's not many other games going on. But the point I'm making here is you can hear the play calls and stuff, right? And yeah. Collinsworth does such a good job of like, oh, see, he's saying this because blah, 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 blah. And you can hear Mahomes like calling out whoever's blitzing or whoever's whatever, right? And he's just like, everything is just so, so simple and easy. And you're watching that and you're totally right. At no point did I think that the Chiefs were going to lose that game. And as someone who owns Mahomes in fantasy, I was happy because I needed that extra touchdown on that last drive. <laughs> sure. You're just watching it and you're thinking, okay, they're not going to cover, but you know, we got to sit back and kind of enjoy just watching that because take it for granted. Like, think there mm-hmm. was a moment in time where people were really saying Josh Allen was MVP. <laughs> it comes back to Josh Allen one way or another. It always does. It always does. <clears throat> My yeah. guy's on a bye week and can't catch a break. Still <laughs> catching strays on his bye week. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, you know, the sports books just beat up a lot of people on that day. And I always say, like, if the sports the better the sports books do, more often than not, the better I'm going to do. And if it's a super mm-hmm. publicy type of a week, I'm really just kind of hanging on you know, for dear life onto the bows so, of the ship. So do you think that a lot of people got blown up this week? Like oh, with their picks? Blown up. Right? Because I was looking at it and I'm like, I, so I was, uh, as of now, mm-hmm. for the whole week, week 11, I'm six and seven, right? Yeah. And if you follow the pod every week, I feel like I, I come on here. In fact, I was going to tell you this before we started recording. Every week I feel like I come on here and I'm like, oh, I'm like one game up or one game down. Right. <laughs> in terms of the 500 mark and it was funny because i'm like so mad about so many of the games yesterday but at the same time i stopped and i was like there was a high level of fuckery that went on (laughs) right from from me like just picking these games or being wrong about something or whatever that i'm like this was really close to being a blow-up week and all i'm really trying to do is avoid those blow-up weeks so to come out and be like all right well i'm sitting on who's tonight i got uh the the Rams bucks, and, and Bucks. Minus yeah. the, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like sitting on the Bucks tonight, and that would have me at 500 when I, I'm assuming, and I wasn't sure. That's why I wanted to ask you. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like a lot of people probably blew up this week and just had a terrible week of picks because there was just so much that was just like, okay, yeah. sure, Falcons don't even get like 10 yards in the second half. Why yeah. not? Sounds like sure. a good game plan. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Joe Burrow, that- blow out your knee. Cool. No problem. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and so, and I'll give you this, just this anecdote, and then we get into the early games. But this is all you need to know, right? So I, I go 4 and 0 in the circa million picks. And of course, I've got mm-hmm. Tampa Bay uh, tonight. And we'll get into that game a little yep. bit later on. But 
I'm I'm four and zero, and I was hoping it when I you know put the picks in right. I've got Denver, I've got Houston, some very sort of uh, sharp or sort of anti-public sides, if you will. And I'm like, I'd be yeah. happy if those two won, and the other games that day lost, and then I was two and two going into this week or this Monday nighter. Uh, I gotcha. And yeah, yeah. I I end up going four and zero. That's amazing. And then I look up the consensus for circa million, and it's zero and five last week. Woo! Oh, and what? Five. Yeah. So the top five wow. plays, yeah, in the contest, in a contest where people are spending $1,000 for an entry fee. So in theory, they know what they're wow. doing. And I say that sort of in quotation marks, in theory. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? There's a lot of dead money in these contests. But uh, yeah, in theory, they know what they're doing. And they, in theory, they went, oh, and five. So massive moving That's... day for your boy in the Circa Million. Cannot wait. Well, Need to need to get the win tonight to go five and zero against that zero and five, and then can't wait to find yeah. out what the standings are on Tuesday. So, um, but let's, well, let's that's huge. That's huge. It's major. It's major. And uh, so we'll, let's rewind it a bit here and start with the early slate. And really, you know, this shouldn't take too much time because it's kind of the dullest witching hour of the season. I mean, it was comparable to last week when there was only five games. And kind of there was only one game that was interesting at the end. So uh, two games I just want to get off our <laughs> chest here real quick. Detroit, Carolina. Yeah. Absolute blowout. Um, Detroit. And it was interesting going in, right? Like yeah. what's more important? The skill guys, basically all of the skill guys being out for Detroit and a banged up Matt Stafford mm-hmm. or Teddy Bridgewater being out for Carolina. And I think fundamentally it just came down to which coach do you trust? And the line goes from essentially yeah. pick them uh, to minus three for Detroit. And like that was insane, and it was insane beforehand. It was insane. Yeah, it was an insane. I missed that. I only had them as a pick'em. Yeah, and I, I, I only I, had them as a pick'em, and I was like, "Woo, okay, I'm in on, I'm in on Carolina." Yeah, at a pick'em, I, when it was minus three, Detroit. Oh man, I might have been like funding the rest of my day. Well, that was the problem. <laughs> I saw that with Bridgewater being out. And, and announced out so yeah. late, right? If he was announced out on, like, Friday, where traditionally the injury news sort of comes down, and that line goes to minus three, and we have the whole weekend to kind of react yeah. and be like, I got to tell you, this doesn't make any sense. But it happens at, like, 11.45, or even, I think, even a bit later than that, oh, okay. and then immediately jumps to three. It's just funny, like, obviously that wasn't on money, right? Like, that was just on air, as the sort of terminology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just like, I, I don't know if that, that's the right move there. I think this game, at best, is still a pick And so we were able to get there with Carolina. And then the other blowout, Pittsburgh and Jacksonville. And this one was mm-hmm. nice to sort of avoid and jump off of the Jake Luton bandwagon at the right time, which, let's yeah. be honest, is part of the deal, right? Like, we can pat ourselves on the back for betting sure. the Jags for two weeks. But if we fall in love and we do it for a third straight week and we have them get absolutely blowtorched by the Steelers, you know, two and one in the Jake Luton era, if you will, doesn't look all that great and doesn't feel all that great. Right. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to grab Pittsburgh because that line got over 10 and I'm sort of like anti anything over 10 uh, when it comes to the NFL. And it was a, a weird game for Pittsburgh as well, right? Like, it was 27-3, to 3, but a lot of that came late, right? Mm. Like 10 fourth-quarter points. But, you know, the Jags weren't scoring, but Pittsburgh wasn't either. Like, it was a weird, weird game that I was still just looking, peeking at the score every now and then just to, yeah. to check and see where do the Jags have the ball. Right. But you're right about that in terms of knowing when to get out. And it was kind of a thing where – you know, there's a champagne room analogy there somehow, <laughs> yeah. with Jake Luton. And it's like, you just got to know the right time to get out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's a craps and table. It's a blackjack table. all out. that stuff, right? Exactly. And you just knew that at a certain point, it's like, okay, well, the other team is going to be ready for, or they're not going to be surprised yeah. by Jake Luton, right? They're not going to get caught off guard. They've seen the resume. They know they're, they're scrappy. So the defense will be hyped up. And your boy Minka doing work again yeah and that's where the the game i'd say the game turned as if i you know my friends sort of messaged in it's 10 to 3 and and jacksonville's driving right and then a ball gets tipped at the line not necessarily luton's fault and minka gets the interception and that was it and my, you know friends go like oh that yeah. was fun like to sort of believe that pittsburgh could lose for survivor purposes and i just wrote back and i was like mm-hmm. i'll be honest with you like uh, there's been a ton of games, as you know, this season that I've felt like a big underdog was ripe to lose. And when they didn't, you know, because yeah. it was a three or a four point game in the end, 
I was disappointed that mm-hmm. we didn't get upset because I felt like I called the upset and was so close to ha- hitting on it. That one wasn't that, right? Yeah, that one was yeah, like, yeah. they were never winning this yeah. game because that was an atrocious matchup for Jacksonville. They, you know, they go down their, first, their top two cornerbacks before the game, and you go, with the fleet of Pittsburgh receivers, how is Jacksonville supposed to defend? And that's before even getting to the off- offensive side of the ball where you go, okay, how are they supposed to sort of catch up here? So um, two games that were kind of snoozers in that one. I would say the best finish um, well, I guess maybe it's the second best finish, but my favorite finish was uh, New England and Houston. And, you know, the handicap going in was, right, like, what would you rather have, throwing success or running success? Because everybody talked about the Houston run defense and New England's just going to run it all day on them and blah, 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 and just the sheer overreaction to what happened last week. And it's just like, you know, nobody's talking about the fact that the Patriots have the worst pass defense in the entire league. And in 2020... Yeah. You know, we joke about your your, your coach, uh, you know, Coach Lickety Splitter with Coach Lillico. <laughs> Lillico. 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 <laughs> Lickety Splitter. Well played. Well played. There's someone that's just listening to your podcast right now that's like, what the hell are you guys talking about? Who is Coach Lickety Splitter? Anyways, go on. Coach Lillico. Yeah. <laughs> you know, back in 1995, it's like, yeah, run the football, run the football. But it's like, it's 2020. I rather 95. How old do you think I am? I think I've got a pretty good, I think I've got a pretty good idea. Go on, go on. But like, yeah, it's 2020, man. Like I, I'd rather face the, the worst pass defense in the league than the worst run defense in, in the league. Right. Cause more stuff can go wrong. And sure enough, Deshaun Watson has arguably, maybe it's not all that arguable, his best game of the day. But even then, right, the Texans have to kind of hang on there and get the defensive stop late in that one. Um, so we're pretty pleased. Well, Cam Cam threw for 365, right? Like, yeah. that's, I mean, for Cam in 2020, that's a lot of a lot of yards. And now, obviously, they're working from behind. So you have yeah. the ball and whatever, this, that, and the third. And you sniffed it out from last week in terms of the Patriots being favorites in this game. And it's kind of like, uh, no, not quite. So I got to tip my cap to you for sure because the right side, obviously, was the Texans and Deshaun. And the one thing we did come out of out of discussing this game last week on my pod was, you know, Deshaun Watson, you watch that team and you, you wonder, like, how can they possibly be this bad? Yeah. Right? Like, Deshaun Watson yeah. is good. Like, we know really Deshaun good. Watson is yeah. good. This makes no sense. But you just give them the right spot against a certain team, and it's like, okay, cool. That's the guy that we know in that run he had where he just ran oh. over – was it a safety yeah. or a corner or whoever it was for yeah, the touchdown McCourty. and just flexed on him? It was like, yeah, damn. that was adult. <laughs> okay. That's that and, guy. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing, right? You play in one of these, in these crazy games in like Cleveland, right? Where it's windy and it's brutal and it's sort of a 12th defender in a lot of ways. When you get home in the dome, mm-hmm. in nice weather, nice conditions. And it's like, man, it feels a lot yeah. more fun to play football. And you could see that with the receivers because Watson's humming passes into windows all day long. And those guys yeah. weren't dropping passes. A lot of times you can see, you know, from a team standpoint really early on, whether they're that into it and on the defensive side, are they making tackles? But on the offensive side, are the receivers catching balls, right? We've seen these games. I, you know, I can't help but think of the Dallas, Arizona Monday night football game where you knew that whole team wasn't into it when the really good skill players on Dallas weren't able to catch passes because they just weren't focused. And you just go, you know, you can kind of know right away, oh man, this team just doesn't have it. And on the flip side yesterday, you could see that Houston was feeling it. And that, that game got their attention uh, in a way that, you know, listen, if you're a t- two-win team, you should probably have <laughs> – your attention should be up, up top at all times. But in that case, not so yeah. much the case. And so then the other – that was one of our main best bets. Uh, and then the other one was Cincinnati and Washington. And so obviously the headline of this mm-hmm. is Joe Burrow. And that in- certainly was a pivot point for where the game – finished up from a scoring standpoint because Cincinnati was able to move the ball against Washington. I've been really disappointed even still in Washington's defense because it is this unit where you watch a game and it's, you know, obviously Chase Young and Montez Sweat and Deron Payne. It's just like these dudes, man. And like Joe, like Kerrigan, like can barely get on the field sometimes. And you're just like, man, these guys are just adults. And eventually that, yeah. you know, the, the Bengals offensive line, which we talked about all season long, was going to get Joe Burrow killed. Right? We've been making that joke for like the, since the first week. Mm-hmm. And it, it finally happened. happened. Even earlier yeah. in the game. 
even he, earlier in yeah. the game, right? And, like he got yeah, he did. Up. He made a ton of awesome throws, and that's just that's that's the deal with the Bengals, right? It's it's Burrow's awesome. Like the future's bright for him, but they're going to get that guy hurt, right? And so I don't know that that's necessarily part of the mm-hmm. handicap, but I think you have to sort of live with that cloud over your head the entire time, knowing that at any given time he's going to get knocked out with a concussion, a shoulder, or in this case, a pretty gross knee injury. And I do have to mention, and yeah. I, like, I, I, you probably didn't catch it necessarily, but about a month and a half ago, when we do the Sunday morning Circa podcasts, uh, my friend of the podcast, mm-hmm. good buddy of mine, Brandon Lefebvre, came on, and we were talking about the Eagles pick. Actually, this one, I guess, would have been on a, on a Thursday because it was a Thursday night game. And we're talking about picking the Eagles mm-hmm. against the Giants and, like, from a strategic standpoint, like, this is what we want to do because, you know, he was thinking maybe the Packers that week, and I was like, no, we got to save the Packers for Thanksgiving Sunday. And we, we, we start talking about the yeah. schedule for Thanksgiving Sunday, and the Bengals being an option against the Giants at home. And because it, there's, it's, it's a really rough slate next Sunday, I was like, I really, you know, the Bengals could be an option against the Giants. But what happens if Joe Burrow gets hurt? I really don't want to deal with Ryan Finley. Like, this was a conversation we actually had, uh, essentially predicting yeah. that Joe Burrow was going to get hurt like six months or six months, six weeks. Yeah. In advance, like I was the first thing I thought of. I'm like, oh my god, yeah. like they're going to have Ryan Finley against the Giants next week, just like we were sort of quote unquote joking about the potential of that happening. So when I'm sort of yeah. talking about the handicapping and kind of you know thinking about the worst thing that can happen, there's a difference between worrying about the quarterback getting hurt when it's Dak Prescott, for instance, right? When he has shown no injury history whatsoever. And it would be a real surprise to see him get knocked yeah. out of the game. But when we watch these games with the Bengals, it's just like Joe Burrow is just hanging out there for dear life. And it, and it caught up to them. And so I don't know that that game necessarily would, you know, if the Bengals would have won that game, if Joe Burrow had stayed healthy, right? The accumulation of hits and the defense was starting to get to him. And by the way, if you're betting on Zach Taylor and Randy Bullock, you kind of get what you deserve because that game yeah. should have been a bigger lead for the Bengals, <laughs> but Zach Taylor's going for it on fourth and like yeah. four yards to go um, from the four yard line, you know, fourth and goal. Uh, right. Yeah. Randy Bullock's missing extra points. He's missing field goals. And you go like, that's why I don't want anything to do with the Bengals. Right. It has nothing to do with Joe Burrow. It's literally everything else that's going on with the Bengals. So they're in for some hard times the rest of the year. No, I hear you. And and the thing too, that is part of yeah. the game, right? Like I'm sitting here saying I was on the Bengals and Joe Burrow gets hurt and they go down. Well, part of the analysis going in is, well, Washington does have a pass rush. And so the Bengals don't. Like we, we know that their their line is, is whack and we know that Joe Burrow's been under attack. So that is part of the game as much as yeah. it sucks for me to sit here and be like, I had Joe Burrow in the Bengals and they and he got hurt and they lost. Well, that's part of the game, right? That's part of what happens in these gambling things. And the analysis is, well, hey, the pass rush is going to be on Joe Burrow. And the pass rush, guess what? Right. Yeah, and the 2020 Cincinnati Bengals tagline is, our offensive line is whack. Like, that's what's going – that's going to be in the front page of the yearbook, essentially. The Bengals 2020, our O-line, is whack. And listen, like, I mean, Alex Smith could have got injured, right? Like, that's a thing that's a possibility. And I would have been like – yeah, okay, I knew that was a possibility going in. The difference being that I trust Cincinnati's pass rush not to hurt Alex Smith, whereas with Washington, you go, it's a, it's a legitimate possibility. Um, next two, I'm going to sort of compare these two games in a weird way, just because I thought they were pretty similar from a line standpoint. Both teams had, you know, home teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, the line was minus seven kind of from a look-ahead standpoint. And then for various reasons, a ton of money came in on the underdog. And that's Tennessee and Baltimore and Atlanta and New Orleans, right? Yep. And so it was sort of like you kind of have to okay. either believe both or neither. Like if you made a bet and you, you, you had hmm. – well, if you had New Orleans and then you also had Tennessee, like I'd be really no, no, impressed no. with 2-0 and o in that, right? Like it, No, no, no. Well, I was going to say the reason I laughed is because you sniffed me out completely. Like I was on the Falcons and – And so was I. The Titans. And it's it, right. It's it's interesting though because I don't understand like the the Saints aspect of it. I want to ask you how much do you think the late announcement that Taysom Hill was starting affected the Falcons and their defense None. game? None. I don't really think that. Like it was really more okay. 
the well, it was the Falcons' offense, right? And it was that game we talk about it with injuries all the time, yeah. right? Like when your star player goes out that first game back, mm-hmm. everybody else amps it up, right? Everybody else rallies it. In this case, it was yep. the Saints' defense, and they also had Marcus Lattimore out as well, or sorry, Marshawn Lattimore. And so he, you know, so that defense sort of doubly had to step it up, both for the guy that they were missing on their side of the ball and from a team perspective. And, you know, it's that sort of, you know, kind of unquantifiable thing. And as that number goes down, down, down to from seven all the way down to like three and a half, you go, okay, like obviously the value is getting kind of sucked out of it here. So, you know, that's a concern. Mm. And I also haven't really heard anybody go like, you know what, I still like the Saints. But if you watch that first half, right, like Taysom Hill is still not a quarterback, right? Like, but if, but if your defense sure. is out there all the time because Matt Ryan and the offense can't get anything done, even Taysom Hill is going to start looking good, right? For sure. And it was, what, 10-9 yeah. in the third quarter, right? It's like they're, the Falcons were right there. And literally, I don't know how, I think maybe fourth quarter I turned it on. And the first thing I heard when I turned on that yeah. game, when I turned it back on, was like, and the Falcons have seven <laughs> yards right. of offense in the second half. I'm yeah. like, wait, what? I'm like, how's that how's that possible? You have but then you see right. Julio hobbling around and Julio was trying to get back in the game and then hobbling back off and then it's just like yeah. at that point it's done. But the Titans, yes. on the other hand, I wanna talk yeah, to you let's about go. this game for sure because I want to I want to ask about the mm-hmm. Ravens, right? Because again, we're on the Titans, cool, and it's play. It played out kind of how we thought it would, just in terms of Lamar Jackson at this point in their offense. It's just not the same team that it yeah. was before. Meaning that at certain points in this game, they could just run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, mm-hmm. and this game would be over, right? Like Tannehill and them would be on the sidelines. They're not even coming back into the game to have a chance to win it. But they can't do that at this point. And it's too much Lamar having to try to sit back and throw these passes to Hollywood Brown as if Hollywood Brown was like, I don't know, <laughs> right. T.O. or something, right? And he's and it's like he's not that receiver. And it just the, – the Ravens just don't look good. And I'm trying not to get myself sucked into oh, what's going to happen on Thursday. Yeah. Right? I'm trying not to overreact. Right? Yeah. The, that's what I'm saying. But what did you make of this game, the Titans and, and Ravens game, and just your overall thought? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and we talked about it last week, and I don't think really anything actually changed here, right? Where it's like, okay, the handicap is Baltimore's defensive line is not what they, you know, what they're what they're branded to be, right? And so Ten- Tennessee's going to be able to run the football. Exactly. And you saw, you know, I don't know if you saw the stat, but they showed it at one point where it was like Derrick Henry for the first, I think it was three quarters had like 45 yards and then it was like halfway through the fourth quarter, he had 45 more yards and then ended up with 133, right? It's that bludgeoning that you take over and over and over from Derrick Henry that the best, Mm -hmm. I shouldn't say, well, I should say even the best guys are going uh... to kind of get tired with. But when you're talking about backup defensive linemen, like those guys can show up for a quarter, maybe two, and then it just becomes too much. Now Mm -hmm. from an offensive side of the ball, I think that's the more concerning thing for Baltimore because yeah like is it how people figured out Lamar I think that's part of it right like I mean obviously scouting is a thing and like last year when it all kind of up it was like oh what do we do what do we do here we obviously like the Tennessee coaching staff in general right and it's a team obviously that had a ton of confidence and you saw Mm -hmm. that before the game as they go to the you know Things got super spicy, Ooh, man. I super love that. spicy. I love that. And so, you know, you knew yeah. Tennessee wasn't, they didn't really care about the like tough Ravens, like the Mark Ingram, like jamming it down, you know, in their face, like all of that kind of stuff. It's just like, that doesn't really exist. Like yeah. right now, the, the guy that you're afraid of from a Raven standpoint is Mark Andrews. And like the desperation element of, you know, it's a great story and everything, but like signing Des Bryant and then having to use him for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Right, like as oh, we need yeah. another weapon. Like maybe Des Bryant is the answer. Like that's that's a sign. That's a sign of desperate, of tough. literal desperation. We talked yeah. about the offensive line not being the same from last season when they had Stanley and Yonde in there, and it's just going to be kind of mediocre. Now they're still mm-hmm. going to beat up on these, you know, quote unquote easy teams, right? But I just don't know that they're. In fact, I'm pretty sure I do know that they're not uh, a Super Bowl contender at this point in time because a lot of those guys aren't coming back. Yeah, I think 
Yeah, that is confirmed. I, they are not a Super Bowl contender. We've seen it time and time again. When it's when they've gotten moved up to a, a different weight class, Lamar just has to do too much. And it doesn't mean all. that Lamar's a bad quarterback. It doesn't yeah. mean that – do you know what I mean? It's just a matter of the way that the team was built, the way mm-hmm. that the team has to play. You need all these parts yeah. to fit in together, right? It's the – you know, right? And Lamar at this point – he can't just be sitting back and just being this pocket passer. It has to be mixed in with the run game, mixed in with the passing plays, mixed in with, you know, Andrews over the middle, and then off the play action, yeah. you're throwing it deep to Hollywood Brown. But they're just like in shotgun and just trying to throw deep balls to Hollywood Brown. And I use this analogy all the time. It's like yeah. some people aren't Randy Moss. <laughs> you can't just be throwing it up. Like that's not a good play. Especially when Hollywood yeah. Brown is like my height. If they had right? DK like, Metcalf, for example, like now you've got something, right? But like Hollywood Brown <laughs> is a speed guy. He's an over-the-top yeah. guy, all of that kind of thing. But like what's missing, right, is that Lamar running explosiveness angle. And so when people say like, have they figured out the Ravens? Mm-hmm. Like that might be the tiny part or the, it's not tiny, obviously, because it's kind of a big deal. But like that might be the one singular part where it's like, okay, we now have figured out kind of how to contain him from a run standpoint. And again, I, you know, the better coach teams are going to be able to do that. It might be this thing that's only exclusive to well-coached teams where we might see them play, you know, when they play Cincinnati, he might have that 50 yard right. run the way that he had against, what was it? Philadelphia. He had one, I think Washington, he had one, right? Like you see when they play yeah. bad teams, that stuff yep. works. But when we're talking about playoff teams here and potential Super Bowl caliber teams, that's just not necessarily going to fly. Speaking of bad teams, uh, let's get into the Philadelphia Eagles and the Cleveland Browns. Are... <laughs> do we? I do because do we really I have love. To? I, like, like, <laughs> I hate watch this game so much. Like, absolutely what hate a... watched it so much. <laughs> and I'm like, why am I watching this game? What, what a time to be like, alive. Oh. Oh my God! Like, so again, Cleveland this? can't. Cleveland weather is just oh. on a like. You think the Pittsburgh Steelers are on a win streak right now? The Cleveland weather is dominating the entire NFL <laughs> at this point, right? Including the Browns, even though they've won a couple games in a row. And yeah. and by the way, the Cleveland Browns have won seven games this season. <laughs> like what? What is going on here? So the Eagles, in the yeah. most eagerly fashion, right before the game, right. it's we got to clean up the turnovers, and we know what you know. We know what's wrong with Carson Wentz. Like he's you know he's just forcing it too much, and you know blah 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 blah. And it's like if forcing it is literally just throwing the football as a quarterback, then yes, he is forcing it too much, and they are forcing Carson Wentz on us too much. So Philadelphia starts out and they have this really good drive. It's zero zero early in the game, and of course because it's Philly. Mm-hmm. Miles Sanders, I believe it was Miles Sanders, fumbles at the two-yard line, right? And then, okay, there that goes. And then they get the ball back, though. Don't worry, we got the ball back. And then it's Carson Wentz pick six in just an absolutely horrific fashion. And listen, most pick sixes are pretty horrific. This one was especially so, right? Like the floater ball, because you're waiting and you're waiting, and yeah. then you throw it at the last possible second. And, of course, a guy hits your arm, and it comes out even lighter. And, of course, boom, house pick six. And I just think, you know, stats and we, we love numbers, right? You, you've, been, you've been educating me on the numbers game and sports and, and football especially and how, you know, certain things to pay attention to and all that. Carson Wentz's numbers are so bad yeah. and they still lie yeah. to you. Do you know what I mean? Because he horrible. looked horrible. And another thing that, you know, numbers really don't tell you, and I know momentum, there's this whole argument about whether momentum mm. is a thing or if it's not right that game starts as you just said the eagles are driving down the field Uh boom fumble kills a drive then next possession pick six there's no way that that team and that offense all of a sudden wasn't just like okay here we go again and then they didn't move the ball again for like the longest time but the whole game it was seven nothing like the the (laughs) the Browns were doing much either because Baker's right. Baker's gonna Baker, right? And do Baker things yeah. and miss wide open receivers. But the Eagles, it, it just has to be so frustrating. And they had absolutely nothing going. They finally get on the board after a turnover by the Browns where Baker fumbles. But even at the end, you look up at, at Carson Wentz's numbers and it's a garbage time touchdown at the very end of the game to make his stat line well, look yeah. decent. 
to to make me right. still mad as a fantasy owner, but not like super mad because at least he gave Mahomes right. enough. Because I have to start two QBs to like Mahomes can salvage, <laughs> can the save the day for the quarterback room on your fantasy. Carson Wentz is so yeah, trash. exactly. Well, and you... exactly. Yeah. But that Eagles team, you look at them and how did they like how it, how are you not just dejected well, again after another yeah. pick six? And yeah, and like, that's the thing, right? Whether it's momentum or sort of just like the recency, the memory, right? Like that's just every game. This is the exact same thing that happens to us, right? And of course, you know, we didn't even we didn't even talk about the safety, right? And you had like the best tweet of the day, in my opinion, which was Wentz throws up this unconscionable pass that gets intercepted. Oh. Right, and then they review it, and it's like, oh, no, it geez. hit the ground. But tell, like, give me, give me the verbal version of your tweet. Well, here, here's the thing, though, because even just like how you summed up that play <laughs> doesn't even do it enough justice. Because my guy, he's backing away and decides I'm going to throw up a floater yeah. in the middle of the field in the red zone. When hey, you know what's tough to yeah. get for your team? Points. Do you know what you're about <laughs> to get? points do you know what you shouldn't probably do right. give away points and my guy throws it up and and it, it gets intercepted and then it you know they have to use a super right. zoom in camera to see that the ball hit the ground and i wrote the ball hit the ground but once is so bad you might as well <laughs> yes. just call it a pick anyways because well it's and just, that's the thing so they kick the field goal anyway the and they get you know they get back within a score and so for me i'm sitting there with a teaser that has the Eagles at plus eight and a half, right? And so this game's sitting okay. at nine, and then it goes up to 12. Okay. And now I'm like, okay, I need the Eagles here to get a backdoor touchdown. Mm-hmm. They go all the way down, and of course, he throws yet another interception. Just And it's like, okay, he's not forcing it. He's just atrocious. Like, he threw the worst little throw to Alshon Jeffrey that even Alshon Jeffrey, like, it handcuffed him, like, from a jumping standpoint. He's like, that was so bad. Like, I couldn't even figure out how to time my jump yeah. because I wasn't expecting it to be that ridiculous. And that gets intercepted. Now, the, you know, fortunately, they had enough timeouts that they were able to get the ball back and then finally get the true backdoor cover, uh, tease cover anyway. And it's funny because you're watching this whole game and you're like, all is forgiven, Carson. All I wanted out of you was to not lose this game by nine. And you successfully did not lose the game by nine. Uh, everything I say, while was 100% true, and I go to my grave <laughs> saying it for this one day, I'm going to take it back. Thank you very much, sir. And, of course, that teaser ended up cashing later on in the day with Kansas City winning. So, um, yeah, just an all-time – I mean, not all-time. It's literally every time. It's an every-time classic from the Eagles. So let's get into the afternoon stuff here. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to sort of start by saying, like, this was my setup from, for a watching a game standpoint, right? We've got four games, yep. and here were my stakes on each individual game. Okay. It was Char- Chargers Survivor pick, okay. which is obviously at this point in the season, massive. Yeah. It was Dallas, right? Best bet. I've got Dallas on the money line. There's a you know, second most popular pick was Minnesota from a Survivor standpoint. Ooh. So obviously that's huge. Okay. Denver, best bet. Money line, and I'm out on a limb versus the world. You know, everything all week was most money, most tickets on Miami. And so it's just sort of like, okay, I'm going to be either the only one wrong about this, (laughs) or I'm going to be the only one right. So it's kind of like incredibly important just from that standpoint. And then the other game, Green Bay, Indianapolis, and I had Green Bay in a teaser. Okay. Which was like, relative to those other three things, it was like, Oh man, I'd really love to watch this Green Bay Colts game as like a yeah. you know the main feature, but I'm sort of stuck with all these other games sure. that I have to watch. Sure. And it's sort of like this Green Bay indie one was sort of a you know afterthought in a way. But let's start with the Chargers Survivor. Anthony Lynn. Here's the thing. I feel like I might have lost my other survivor pool, like our work survivor pool, this week because okay. I was too afraid to take the Chargers instead of taking the Steelers, mm-hmm. right? Like, I had the Steelers, and it's like, you know what? Okay. Just take the Steelers, roll with it. But there was part of me in the morning, I'm like, you know what? I should take the Chargers. Like, that's the play. They're not going to lose to the Jets. It might be a close game just because of the Anthony Lynn fuckery factor. I should patent that, fuckery factor. Anyways, but <laughs> at the end, but you know what I mean? But it's like, Ow. you know what? Let's just... 
take the Steelers and not even pay attention to that game and just, you know, not have to watch Joe Flacco throw up uh, looking for pass interference calls. And, and the way that the game started, that Chargers game, you watch it and you, every time you see Justin Herbert, there's two different things I feel like that goes on, right? You have people who don't mm-hmm. actually watch the Chargers, so they're just seeing the Justin Herbert highlights. So they're like, oh, yeah. man, he's great, which he is. But then when you actually okay. watch the games, <laughs> that's when you're right. like, oh, this team is a gong show. Because how do you consistently have blocked punts every single week? That makes no sense. That makes no sense. None. How how is that a possible? How is that possible? It, it's just not. And on the first and on the first possession of the game, back to back weeks, like I, somebody's got to have a stat on whether that's ever happened before, right? Like they're hitting new levels here. But the good news for the Chargers is they're playing Joe Flacco, <laughs> and so he lets them right back in this game with the pick six. Mm-hmm. And you're just sitting there going, like the Chargers are charging the bleep out of this game, and all of a sudden, you know, I texted my friends, I'm like, and just like that the lead, right? Like the Chargers are up was... seven to six because of course the Jets have missed the extra point. Their first of two missed extra points. Of course. And they're, like throwing you said, the like... game. they're throwing the game. First time. Her... The Jets continue Her... to throw the game. <laughs> I'm standing Ficken. by them. Sam Ficken was <laughs> Sam Ficken was into it. Uh, <laughs> you know, caught the money this week. And yeah. so you're right. Like Justin Herbert, you're watching the game and you're like, this guy just throws darts yeah. all over the field. He, every game, he hits a 50 or 60 yarder to a rando that nobody's ever heard of, right? <laughs> Keenan Allen's catching 15 balls. Hunter Henry's catching touchdown passes. And they just keep running the football into the line with Kalen Balazs. And that's not a <laughs> Kalen Balazs complaint, yeah, right? Like, he, they're throwing to him, and he's doing okay, and he's listening. Like, he's a guy off the street, right? And, yeah. like, God help him, you know, like, when they get Austin Eckler back. But it's like, is that going to matter? Because they're going to keep just running bad plays at bad times instead of just letting Herbert crush it, which is like, he's awesome, man. Like, I don't, haircut or no haircut, this guy is incredible. And so we get down to it, and they're blowing out the Jets, right? And it's just mm-hmm. like, you watch the defense, all of a sudden, the Jets can move the ball. And there's only one way to look at that, and that's a conditioning issue. And that's, yeah. that's organization, that's coaching, right? And this is a team that players are constantly getting injured, right? Star players. Remember Derwin James? Like, yep. our, one of the best players in the entire NFL, like, never gets to play because he's always injured. And I don't blame Derwin James for that because I blame the Chargers staff for that. And yeah. so, like, an Eckler, right? Like, you watch, he, he puts out a video two weeks ago of him sprinting down the field in his workouts. And you're like, why isn't this guy ready to go? And it's on a positive because he's not getting the proper you know, care here. And so you mean, hold on, hold on. The team yeah. that punctured the lung. Of <laughs> I didn't even get there. Yes. That, yeah. that, that team. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was just making sure. I was just making sure right. we were talking about the same squad here, you know? And so top down, like big picture, it's, it's atrocious. And then you get into the finite stuff here and they're up 12 points, even after giving up, you know, that first long touchdown, but they've just done a 16 play drive <laughs> and they've gotten it down to the five yard line for fourth and one. And so the Jets defense, if anybody has a brain, they go, you know what? This defense is pretty gashed. We have what is effectively a star quarterback here. And, yep. and, and our defense is clearly, you know, can't handle playing a full 60 minutes of football. Like, let's go for it here. Because if we kick a field goal, we're turning a two-possession game into a two-possession game. Like, it's not getting us <laughs> where we need to go here. And it's fourth and one, and you've put up a trillion yards. So just go for it. And Anthony Lynn, eh, okay. And that's why we talk about how he's a loser, right? It's he's a loser of a head coach. It's not hold on. I mean, he's bad. In fairness, but he's just though, a loser. In fairness to Anthony Lynn, maybe he still hasn't come up with any better goal line plays than just throwing a fade to their backup tight end. So I mean, maybe, sure. <laughs> maybe, but like just like maybe that's hey, it. Who Throw was that fade to Mike Williams. Throw fade no, to Mike Williams. Mike Williams is back. Uh, your boy Donald Parham. Yeah. Donald Parham, who had to pretend like he caught the ball, even though he, right. he dropped it. And I'm screaming at the TV. I'm like, who is that guy? Why are you throwing fades to that guy? If the Bengals, if the Bengals 2020 yearbook title is their O-line is whack, the Chargers 2020 yearbook title is he had to pretend he caught the ball. That's... That's like the, you know, the NFL the, films video is the he Keenan had Allen to pretend touchdown. that he lost, that he caught the ball. 
you know, the Keenan Allen touchdown that he caught when uh, Herbert's on the run and he yeah. throws, he like threw a fastball, like ludicrous, like a, yeah. a shortstop coming yeah. across a second base bag to, to finish a double Perfect. play. Like that's how hard he came across and just like whipped it on the run. Perfect past, analogy. Like, you're seeing the diving hands and the ball just like zipping past diving hands. And even Keenan Allen kind of looked like, oh, damn. Like, yeah. Got to me. Right. Like, right. Like Phil Rivers wasn't making that no throw. Sense. Yeah. Yeah. And it zips lost. by the guy's ear. And it's just like, holy. I, I, I like I literally stopped and like made my girlfriend like watch. I was like, well, look at this. <laughs> and like, like one of those types of plays. So oh. and, and listen, it comes down to like, you know, maybe a, a flag happy official maybe throws a flag on that fourth down Joe Flacco, Huckett and Holt play. Yeah. And you know what I mean? And like, that's oh, how close sure. this game actually was. Now, you know, listen, it's the Jets. They probably quote unquote botched the two point conversion. If they even get the touchdown in the end. <laughs> and even then, like it has to go to overtime, but like even the last play of the game where they do, they send the punter back, by the way, like yeah. <laughs> you've just had two punts blocked in the last two weeks. One of them was because the punter didn't catch the ball cleanly on the snap. And you're going to send the punter back there to do the like, wait it out in the end zone, like catch the ball cleanly, run back type of thing. Like, you know, you weren't fooling anybody with that play. Like (laughs) all the results were going, like if they had sent Mike Williams back there to just, or Keenan Allen, Keenan Allen, like Keenan Allen is on your roster. You need ball security on a throw back to your, to, you know, to a human being like Keenan Allen's like maybe the number one draft pick in the world for me to have that guy grab that and then run around in the end zone. But instead you have the punter do it and he goes back straight back to the end zone. He doesn't go to the corner, right. To buy one extra second. He doesn't throw the ball, right? Like you could have Herbert run back there, run back to the goal line and then throw it as high as you can in the air. And I just watched the Broncos execute that. We'll get to that game right after this, but like I just watched the Broncos execute it and I go Vic Fangio has you beat on late game circumstances here, like, come on, Anthony Lynn. So um, that is a good segue to Denver, which as mentioned was, you know, my best bet. And the handicap was, listen, the Tua story is very exciting. I'm enjoying it. Mm -hmm. You know, we had them, Mm -hmm. you know, two games along the way there. That was fun. But like, when you look at the numbers, the the offense is worse and the offense is about the same as Denver, Right, it's a yeah. Denver efficiency level offense, but of course Miami, and you know it's like, oh, okay, well they're not going to get a turnover, and you know in the first quarter that they convert to a touchdown on a short field every game. Well, they do actually. Ooh. They that <laughs> actually do because because Locke throws yeah. the interception, and you're and I'm just like, how did I get here with Drew Locke? And they score a touchdown, and but then like the game goes on, Denver ties it up, and they're running the football. And listen, the stats are off the charts, right? They doubled them in yards, doubled them in yards per play, mm-hmm. all of that stuff. And it gets to a point where Tua, you know, it looks like he gets hurt, but they talked about it after. He wasn't hurt. They pulled him for Fitzpatrick. Yeah, and I don't. Do we buy this? In what that that he wasn't hurt? I mean, well, yeah, yeah, because yeah. I like they would say the other thing, right? They'd be like, "Well, we were worried he took a big hit." And, you know, we thought for the rest of the way, Fitzpatrick gave us a better chance given that Tua, you know, took that hit and, you know, he'll be back next week. Like, that's what they would say. Like, but they were being honest. Like, Flores was like, yeah, like, Fitzpatrick, can, you know, is going to sling it around. We were sort of desperation mode type of thing. And listen, I tweeted it out, right? Like, better's truth serum. Was I psyched when Ryan Fitzpatrick came out there with, you know, down 10 in the fourth quarter? I was not as somebody who has Denver, right? I was like, oh, God. The only way, having watched, you know, three quarters of that game, the only way that Denver was going to lose that game was if Ryan Fitzpatrick did the Fitz magic thing. And so, and then, of course, Melvin Gordon does Melvin Gordon things because he, you know, was a charger. So once a charger, always a charger. He fumbles the ball in the one-yard line. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is going to happen. And it's while the Jets are coming back and the whole thing was just completely devastating until finally, thankfully, it wasn't. We get the interception in the end zone for, from Justin Simmons, and, and I can finally sort of breathe a little bit in that game. But it wasn't all that complicated from a handicap style. It's really just, do you have the guts, if you will, to go against the world and believe what you're reading, believe what you're seeing from an you know, analytic, if you will, standpoint, and just sort of take yeah. the value with Denver. Did I necessarily know for sure that they were going to win the game? No, of course not. But if you're going to give me plus three and a half in a game that could have very well gone to overtime, I felt pretty good about that. So um, while that's going on, the other best bet, so we're 3-0, and and we got Dallas as the next best bet. 
As mentioned, Moneyline Survivor. Can we just talk about C.D. Lamb's catch, by the way? That's catch of the year, right? Like, that's not getting beat in the catch of the year. Um, I mean, standings, if you will. A horrible pass by Andy Dalton. Mm-hmm. But. <laughs> yeah, not the first time that phrase has been said. No. I have no idea how he caught that. Like, that's, in, that's an insane catch. Completely off balance. Like, turning the, over the wrong shoulder and then falling backwards. And it was j- absolutely insane. But I like what Dallas did in terms of just saying, you know what? Screw this. We have CeeDee Lamb. Yeah. We're going to have him punt return. (laughs) We're going to just get the ball in his hands. We need to put our playmakers in positions to make plays. And if he is our playmaker, because Zeke is washed and should be having his spot taken over by Pollard. And how about that run? Yeah. Right. But C.D. Lamb, we're going to just put him on the field, have him on the field as much as possible. And, hey, that is a situation. We talked about it earlier. Don't just throw it up to Hollywood Brown, right? He's not that dude. C.D. Lamb might be that dude. Oh, C.D. Lamb is definitely that dude, yeah. In the the category of Oklahoma receivers, C.D. Lamb, who came (laughs) after Marquise Brown, and it was like Marquise Brown had a lot of success, and then C.D. Lamb comes out, and it's like, oh, okay, like, it's not just throw it over the top to Marquise Brown. It's throw it wherever you want to C.D. Lamb, and he is going to make guys miss. He yeah, converted, the, I believe, the two-point conversion. Is that what happened there? Where he, he it was a run play or one of those sort of, like, touch pass type plays? Yes, yes. Right? Yes, and yes. so they're bringing him in. Like, they're now finally using him. And for Dallas going forward, I look at this team, and I talked about it on the show on Friday, and it's like, okay, like, the, the season arc of the Dallas Cowboys could very well be this, Right. Uh, Super Bowl contender, bunch of injuries before Dak gets hurt, mm-hmm. and they have to play these shootout games, and Dak's putting up big numbers, and he's keeping them in, in the mix, essentially, right? Dak gets hurt, yep. and shell shock, right? Like, we saw that on the Monday yeah. night game against Arizona, and it's like, oh, God, this is brutal. They go to Washington. Washington's D-line knocks out, or in this case, linebacker, knocks out Andy Dalton, and now we're at the Danucci part of the program, right? And it's desperation. The Danucci era. The Danucci era. And, you know, they sort of buck up, and they kind of, you know, go, okay, we have a chance here to beat the, the Eagles, but they can't because they were playing essentially without a quarterback. And then mm-hmm. Andy Dalton's, you know, now he comes back, and a bunch of these other on the periphery come back, right? Like every week they get a new defensive guy back. Right. This week it was Uwuzie, uh, yeah. and now Andy's back, and he looks okay, like serviceable. Right, he's making the throws. Right, he's 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 yeah. making the correct reads. Which I'm not saying Dallas is a Super Bowl contender the way that they were at the start of the season, but this is now I think a good team. Like not a great team, not even but a really good team, but just like a good team. But here's the scale that we're grading on, right? Like the nfc east <laughs> sure so, that's my point like what how is, good do they need to be exactly yeah like, like they are they division that as guys come back yeah just be functional yeah and they're not as trash as you know we talked about early season in fantasy and mm-hmm. not in fantasy and survivor and people right. are just you're hunting teams that you can just fade yeah. and early on we were talking about well we know the jets are one of those teams where i remember early on you're like, people look at the Giants in the same way, but they're not as bad as the Jets. And I think what happened with the whole NFC East was kind of the same thing, right? And hey, Danucci's not going to make anybody, (laughs) you know, (laughs) think that they can win games or cover or whatever, but you're right. They almost still did, if not for that one terrible play. So then you get someone who's just serviceable in your boy Gilbert, and hey, they're they probably should have beaten yeah. the Steelers. Oh, of course they should have. Yeah. Right? Like, if we're being yeah. serious, like, that's not – right? They probably should have beaten yeah. the Steelers. So then you see the train moving and how this was coming. And, hey, I don't really see these things coming from a mile away. And this is what's made us doing this pod on Thursdays so fun. But I was like, wait a second here. Why am I taking Kirk Cousins favored <laughs> by seven and a half against anybody? Right? Yeah. right? And then the thing we said was – Anybody not named the Jets. Yeah. And so then you look at this at Dallas and you're right. Guys are coming back into the lineup. Andy Dalton is just serviceable. And then you have playmakers. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, it, it you, you sniff that one out. Seven and a half points, way too much. Everyone was drinking the Kool-Aid of the Vikings because they beat crappy teams three weeks in a row. And it's like, yeah, right, I just think take that one. Yeah. Too. I just think that like the Vikings are a good team. But I think the Cowboys in this iteration are now 
also a good team, right? They, they fit in the same category mm-hmm. here where don't get too excited because one team goes for a couple of wins in a row, but don't get too low on yeah. now at least they have a professional quarterback and the weapons around them from a Dallas standpoint. Speaking of professional quarterbacks, Green Bay, of course, the teaser leg of all teaser legs comes in. But what a Jeez. second half, right? Green Bay Oof. takes the huge lead. And this was a game where yet another one that no one was on the Colts, right? All week it was like Packers, 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 yeah. Packers. And it just piled up to the point where like no one's going to be on the favorite here. Like the same thing as like the Rams in Seattle from like a week ago. Where it was like, you know, like the Rams are still favored yeah. here, even though everybody's like tripping over themselves to grab, grab Green Bay. And of course, Green Bay takes yeah. this big lead and you go, oh, okay. Like, yeah, you know, like we all thought Green Bay is going to win. And then in the second half, the Colts just go, you know what? We're going multiple tight ends. We're running the ball here. Jonathan Taylor is all of a sudden going to be decent. And, and then they just, you know, slowly move the ball down the field and score and score and score. And they just stop Green Bay, which obviously was a concern. But that just goes to show, right? These defenses, these good defenses are good in the second half. Mm-hmm. And the bad defenses are the ones yeah. that wilt, right? It's like the difference between the Chargers <laughs> defense and the Colts defense at this point. And it turns it like it's a wild yeah. game. But the point is, is like grabbing Green Bay at plus seven and a half, plus eight and a half was no sweat at any point in time. And I feel for the people who are just like, man, I'll, you know, I love Green Bay. And they get up to a big lead. And you think you're cashing that ticket, and then just all kinds of chaos happens after that. That's a game that I'm going to rewatch because, again, I didn't give enough oh, focus to it. Oh, you're talking about I'm talking me. about everybody, but that's oh, the talk, point, right? About like, me. it's literally <laughs> everyone. And that's I the thing. Where, I, like, I, I talked about it on just, Sunday. I was like, I get it. I also don't really have a yeah. legitimate handicap to kind of go contrary on this one. Yeah, so I'm just yeah, going yeah, to step yeah. back and stay no, away sure. and just kind of hope for the best for everyone. Yeah, no, for sure. It, it was a weird one because, again, you're like, all right, they got this. This is big, cool. Phil Rivers is not going to lead this air attack coming back. And it's like, oh, all right, Green Bay, cool. <laughs> yeah. And then even at the end, you still think, oh, Green Bay's still live here. So Aaron Rodgers yeah. is doing Aaron Rodgers things. We're going to OT. This could be a win. And then fumble. And it's just like, those are the more depressing losses when it's like, you got the yeah. win. You yeah. blow it. Then you come back to give right. you hope. a whole new form <laughs> of tease. Yeah. And yeah. then a whole new form. And then my guy just fumbles and it's like, what, what yeah. why? What's happening? On top of the fact that Aaron Rodgers, and you can't blame him for this, but on that last play before they settled for the field goal to send it to OT, Aaron Rodgers missed the tight end open. But I mean he's he's keyed in on Devontae yeah. Adams, right? He doesn't have much time. And you can't really blame him for, oh, I'm just going to try to throw it up to Devontae Adams because that kind of <laughs> works a lot for yeah. them, right? So you can't blame him. But when they show the replay of the, the tight end running the opposite direction with his hand up wide open, it's like, oh, that was the <laughs> yeah. dub. But you also probably don't, des- quote, unquote, deserve that dub, if that makes sense. Yeah. Story yeah, absolutely. Day. So a uh, quick look at the Monday night football game. It's, you know, and we don't need to harp on this too much because we've talked about this a ton this week. Uh, Tampa Bay minus four is a play that I've had circled all week, essentially. I think this is a big game for Tampa Bay. Um, you know, from a statistical standpoint, right? What do the Rams want to do? Well, they want to run the football and they want to have, you know, good play action passes. Went one read for Jared Goff. All of that stuff, I think, can be stopped by the Tampa Bay run defense. And again, our guy here is Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles is the key to this, where he's going to he he knows what the offense wants to do, and he's going to have a plan to stop that. Terrible scheduling spot for LA, right, with their fifth trip out east. Goff under pressure on the road versus top five, top type of teams. Never a good move to back the Rams here. Don't get suckered into the points. Uh, we talked Brady under pressure, <laughs> right? We're still waiting to see if maybe Ali Marfet plays. But I think even then, if it was just a matter of, like, you don't want to deal with, you know, Aaron Donald, then the Rams would win every game, right? But they don't, right? They still lose some yep. games when Aaron Donald is wreaking havoc. So, you know, a limited Aaron Donald mm-hmm. uh, impact would be nice in this one. And we talked Jalen Ramsey, right? He's the number one guy. He's the shutdown guy. Problem is, Buccaneers have four different guys 
that you're going to want to shut down. There just isn't enough depth to go around there. Tampa Bay, obviously embarrassed in primetime a couple of weeks ago, so they've got full focus. Um, big game as far as the conference is concerned. You know, they have Kansas City on deck, but that is such relatively so a meaningless game. And, um, yeah, so this is for 5-0 and oh this week. This is for a big jump up the standings in Circa Million. So uh, we're fired up about the game tonight. Hopefully we can come back tomorrow and uh, do a little bit more celebrating because that's what it's been about this week. I like it. Um, so you feeling good about the pick tonight? Yeah, let Tom cook. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's go. I mean, I, I, it, it's just, you know, one of those – Seeing the offense thrive like that, I want to continue to see where this offense is. Obviously, I have a lot in on a big money fantasy pool and Mike Evans needing a big okay. night. So, you know, we're, we're all in. We're all in tonight on the Bucks. So the first thing, yeah, the first thing you're doing is going, who's Jalen Ramsey on, right? Very first series, because that's going to determine <laughs> who's yeah. not going to get the fantasy points this week. So uh, that should get you set for Monday Correct. Night Football. You can find Sheldon at Shell Alexander on Twitter. Thanks for hanging out again, my man. That was fun. Later, man. Fun breaking down Sunday's action on and off the field with my man Sheldon. I'll be back tomorrow with the look ahead to next week's slate in the NFL. Subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Till next time, I'll see you at the window.